welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community. Hi everyone, my name's Dave Wright and welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. As always, joined by Dan Wright, our PDP Technical Advisor. Dan, how are you? Really good, thank you. How are you going, mate? I'm good, I'm good. Good to be back on the same time zone, at least for a short, uh, or a few more days back here in London and, uh, and good to be seeing the, uh, the sun is still out in the UK. So uh, nice to be back and we've got a really interesting question from Neil via the PDP Innovation Space, which is where our PDP members go to ask questions and, uh, and discuss coaching. So Neil's got an issue where he's starting to coach a university team this month. Uh, he's not been involved with them before, and obviously there's going to be new students coming into the environment. And he said he's got three training sessions and one friendly before the season starts. So he's questioning whether he should focus on key areas such as shape, defending, or keeping possession, or whether he should just try and cram as much broad coaching content into the limited time available. So very much a real-world problem where coaches have limited contact time, and obviously we all want more time with the players. Dan, what are your initial thoughts around this one? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I think it um, covers a few of the four corners as well. So um, the fact that it's a university and the fact that there's new students kind of coming into the mix, you know, you could look at this from a social side as well. It's the stuff, it's the stuff you can do to get players to know each other, um, to, to integrate and to, to kind of get communicating. The fact that he's only got three training sessions in one game kind of means that you've got to hit the ground running. And so, um, you know, the, the sessions need to be purposeful. So we, we kind of came up with... Uh, a few ideas to move via the innovation space, so we kind of can rattle through those, I guess. Yeah, look, I think um, best to start start from the list that uh, sort of you've you've gone back to Neil on this, and, and there's some great points here um, around where to start. So you sort of touched on the idea of the aims of the group and, and looking at what the players want. So how can Neil sort of dig into that a little bit more? Yeah, I think this is stuff that we've discussed before, isn't it? Kind of having the the purpose or, or what's the why? Why, why are we there? Um, and I think with this age groups, so we're talking about university, we're talking about uh, young adults. So, so they're very capable of, of kind of having that discussion um, of, of why they're there and what they want to get out of the sessions and what they want to get out of the season. And then I think it's about kind of aligning those expectations of what the player wants and what the coaches want. Um, so, you know, that, that might be to enjoy themselves. It might be uh, equal playing time. It might be to win every game. It might be to play in a certain style. Um, but I think that, that conversation's got to take place. And I, and I think that's something I would do before the ball sort of even hit the grass. What about you? Yeah, I think um, getting some kind of team meeting and whether that's literally at the training pitch, you know, and saying, look, the first 20, 30 minutes of the session, we're going to have a chat. We're going to lay down some ideas and, and share some ideas about, you know, why we're here and what we'd like to work on. I think allocating that time and despite it being sort of a loss of, uh, of actual training time, if you are pushed and you don't have the opportunity to, to go and arrange a meeting outside of that, um, will be valuable in the long term. And it's sort of, as you say, it, 
it puts a few things down on paper where we're all heading in the same direction. So I think if you take the example of, okay, the players want to win a league, um, then maybe your next steps are going to be dictated by that. And if they want to just play socially and it's all about everybody getting equal game time, then your next steps are going to be dictated by that as well. So, you know, we sort of go to the point of how we play and, and where do you sort of take things from there? Yeah, I thought there's kind of two conversations linked in nicely. Mm. So if the aims of the group are to, to win every game, then then how we play might be a bit more flexible. Uh, we might be building the team around the best individuals in the group. We might be building the shape around what we think is going to get us success. Um, and then kind of what your non-negotiables of or key principles of how you're going to play. So, you know, will the team uh, press aggressively? Will they play out from the back? Or, or do we just kind of adapt our style based on, on what the opposition give us? Um, but I thought if, if the if the group of players have got a, a clear kind of idea of what they want to do and what the objective of the team is, then you'd be able to build some kind of guiding principles, which would then lead into session design, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from my perspective, I think there's a lot to be said with those early sessions of just helping the team get organized. Now, once you've got a clear idea of how they want to play and, and maybe we want to play out from the back and we want to defend, you know, in sort of a mid block or a high press or whatever it is. Um, it's then about going and trying to implement that and help the players. And, and I think putting them into uh, you know, practices like phases of play or like small-sided games, which, which sort of replicate position-specific roles within the way you're going to play, um, could potentially be the first step to just getting things as realistic as possible um, and giving them an opportunity to create things like combinations and cohesion and get to know each other. And I think there's no better way to do that, particularly with such limited contact time, than to put them into a uh, opposed session and start really focusing on some of those ideas. So if it is about, okay, we want to be really organized, then perhaps it's going to be a little bit of shape work and it's an attack versus defense phase of play around whatever topic is relevant. Um, so that could be one way to start. You know, I mean, I think there's a number of ways you can go about this in terms of, again, it comes back to those answers and, and, and what the players are looking for. Yeah, and then I think kind of what you've got in the group as well. So my third point was around the individuals. So if you had, you know, two very good number nines or two very quick number nines that might guide how we're going to play and it might guide the shape that we take or you know if you've got three very good central defenders that might you know kind of lean towards a different shape or a different style so the third point i put in the innovation space was um, individuals in the group what are they good at um, and what do they need to develop so i think even if the, the group says you know we want to win every game we want to win the league you've still got to look at what are those guys kind of super strengths and what are the things that they need to work on yeah. and then kind of trying to marry up what the individuals uh, are good at and how they fit into our principles so if our principle was like you said to, to win the ball back in the middle of the pitch have we got kind of athletic players or intelligent players that can intercept the ball in those areas so you're kind of building like layering of understanding this is how we want to play these are players and then that would guide your kind of practice and session design around that. Mm, definitely. I think looking at those individual attributes is key and, and perhaps the first three sessions are more team focused. Um, but once you get the season rolling, you're really going to have an opportunity then to start looking at individual plans and how you can help those players. And, you know, we, we know this is a university age team, so it's players who are still in that developmental age, probably 18 and above. Um, some may be coming, coming into their first season and there may be, as you, as you referred to at the start, some, some social hierarchy there or some... Um, 
some rituals and sort of initiations that happen at the start of the season, which is obviously part of the game. But it's one of those things where once you've established those kind of team principles and the, and the team objectives, you can really dig into those individual goals and look at how players want to improve. And I, I would certainly be looking to, as you say, play to those attributes of certain individuals in the team and play to the strengths of whatever, whatever um, strengths players have but then really start to build into helping those players individually. I think there's a good opportunity within the team objectives to do that. Mm. So in terms of like actual session design and practical stuff on the grass, what would your sessions look like? So you touched on it earlier, but, mm. but if, you, you know, if you were playing out the three sessions now, what would, what would be the things that you'd look to try and hit? Well, I think, again, it depends on the answer, but let's assume, for example, that the team says, look, we want to win games. We really want to you know, give the league a good shake this year and, and finish top four or we want to win the league, whatever their objective is. So for me, that would start with some basic shape work and, and that doesn't necessarily mean 11 players standing in a shape unopposed. That means that it may be a phase of play. So for example, it could be we're going to work on playing out of the back and it's going to be an in-possession focus. So it could be a phase of play where you've got your back four, your midfield three and a couple of wingers or, or higher players, even a striker up there. Um, just to just to sort of get that shape and get that movement. And they may be up against limited opposition. Um, so it may be an overloaded practice for the team building uh, and working on that kind of playing out from the back. Or it could just be, as I said earlier, an attack v defense scenario. If you've got 16 players, it could end up being an 8v8 phase or a, or a 9v7 phase, um, depending on, on what you've got. If you've got two keepers, which is a, obviously a luxury and something that may be there, I'd definitely have uh, probably look at putting that into a small-sided game or at least a phase with a goal at the other end. Um, where the keeper kind of fills that centre back slash goalkeeper position and still gets to work on what they need to work on. So I would really look at some some simple stuff um, that looks like the game is realistic and gives players a chance to to play in their preferred positions and also gives you a chance to have a look at um, what positions perhaps they're playing in and whether they're suited to somewhere else. You know, there's always conversations that come about and I had a player recently who you know got a lot of players who say they're number 10s and, and I think he plays number 10 because he's a strong player at his club um, but I looked at him and the way he dribbles and affects the game I said I think you could be a very effective winger and we sort of worked on that and, and it wasn't to change him because that's what I believed was right it was a case of he actually quite liked the idea of trying something new and, and using what he was good at so those sort of things can, can evolve within the within the practice particularly in the start when you're sort of getting to know players. What about you in terms of design? What would you look at? I think the um, we touched on it already, but the ball rolling time would have to be high. The, the guys need to be playing. So, you know, you might you might have to stop it and you might have to get, you know, your coaching points across or, or to talk about the shape. But it's important if you've only got three sessions that you need to see those guys play. Um, you, you need to see what they can and can't do and you need to see kind of where their understanding's at. And you can do some of that through chat, but the best way is to, to observe them playing, isn't it? And then the the, the second kind of um, objective for me in terms of session design would be trying to get the spaces realistic. So if we're talking about in possession and, and, and out of possession, we, we need it to kind of look as much like the, the game as possible. I think if, you, if you're trying to get that transfer from those three sessions straight into the season, if you, like you said, a phase of player or small side of game, those distances need to, need to look like the game. So whether it's a, a relationship in a wide area, a relationship between a nine and ten or, or, or two centre-backs defending. They need to defend the space that they're going to defend yeah. um, on a on a game day, which is normally Wednesdays in a, in a uni, <laughs> uni season here. Um, but yeah, th th those would be the kind of the, the, the key principles. And then the last note I made was try and um, think about having as few practices possible. Yeah. So not like in, a, in, a, in an individual session, just delivering one practice, but try and think of the next 10 weeks we're only going to do Kind of eight practices and they, they would be like you said a phase of play a small side of game 
maybe some sort of technical warm-up, a couple of possession practices, so that you're not kind of wasting time explaining your sessions every week. Mm. I think as soon as the players get familiar with the practices, then you can kind of, um, as a small win there, that you know, we're doing this practice, we've done it before, guys get into shape, and then you might be able to get to a little bit more finer detail, or the players might get more learning from doing the same thing, um, either at you know, a different speed or, or different overloads and underloads and stuff. Definitely. And I think going back to the question that there's, I think we're probably leaning towards the first option where you are focusing on some key areas. Um, and I think there's a tendency when you get put into these situations and you're thrown in that you can, uh, as Neil said, try and cram as much broad coaching content in as possible because you think, well, I've only got this amount of time. I've got to get, you know, the players need to get to know me. I've got to get all my knowledge out as quick as possible. I think there's a lot to be said for just standing back and, as you said, observing the players, um, giving them some time to get to know you, maybe doing a lot of drive-by coaching. I'd be sort of walking into the session and just talking to individuals and, and getting to know them when you've got those little breaks in the session. Um, so I wouldn't feel that pressure because of the, the time constraint and that's just real life. You've just got to accept that's what you've got. Um, I wouldn't feel the pressure to just overcoach in those first three sessions. I think the season's long and there's lots of work you can do during the week as well that, um, that hopefully means that Neil has a successful one. Any final thoughts on this one for you, Dan? Yeah, I think between kind of sessions, you know, and after sessions and after that first friendly, I'd keep coming back to that first point of why we're here and what we're trying to do. Mm. So, um if you if you want to win the league and you want to defend really well and that, and that's kind of one of your key principles is to you know to keep clean sheets and to be kind of hard to beat then if you went into the first friendly and drew nil nil there might be you know an, an attitude or a response of ah oh, we didn't win but you could say that's great because one of our principles is to be hard to beat and we were hard to beat yeah. but then you're kind of layering week to week but also returning to the the main kind of who we are and how we're trying to play yeah absolutely well dan thanks for your thoughts and hopefully neil has a very successful uh, season with his team we will look forward to another player development project q a very soon Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.